Hi everyone, thanks for downloading and tuning in to this latest edition of Flicks and Football. I am your host, Tony Farinella, and we are going to talk about Flicks on this Wednesday, November 21st. Flicks, as I like to call them, that'll always be the way people call them films or movies. I like Flicks. Something about saying Flick, it just makes me happy, what can I say? Something I enjoy quite a bit. And... In this portion, we're going to be talking about Strictly Movies and a recent movie I saw, uh, Boy Erased, starring Lucas Hedges and Academy Award winners Russell Crowe and Nicole Kidman. We'll be talking about other movies as well, but this was the film I had seen the trailer for. I believe I saw the trailer for it during A Star is Born, which as of November 21st, is still my favorite movie of 2018. I think Lady Gaga should win Best Actress. I think Bradley Cooper should win Best Actor. I think it should win Best Picture. Everything you want in a movie and more. Beautiful singing, emotion, drama, some comedy. I mean, I absolutely adored A Star is Born and can't get enough of it. Can't wait to watch it again when it comes out on Blu-ray and... I believe it's still in a, a couple of theaters. I know it came out in early uh, in, in early October, but if you haven't seen it yet, you don't know what you're missing, and you need to see it. As far as Boy Erased, it tells the story of a homosexual young boy who comes from a very religious family. His father is a pastor. His uh, mother is uh, very devout, or devout in her religion, and he's wrestling with being homosexual because he's heard all these things from his father and from other people about how it's a sin and how God won't love you when you'll go to hell all the all the typical things that you hear when it comes to you know someone that comes from a religious family and they come out now not every case is like this but these are some of the things that are said Personally, I don't agree with any of those. I think as long as you're living your life in a way where you're happy and you're truthful to yourself and not hurting anybody, I don't see a problem with anybody. I, I don't have a problem with any race. I don't have a problem with any sexuality. As long as people are good people. To me, people are people. I don't care what they are, what color their skin is what they like sexually, as long as they are a good person and they're not doing anything illegal and they're living a good, clean life and they're a good person, I like you. So to me, I don't have any problem with it. I know a lot of people shy away from movies like Boy Race because it is a very sad movie to see him, uh, Lucas Hedges, and what he has to go through. Um, he's sent to a gay conversion camp by his father and the idea that you can change someone like this is ridiculous in the first place. And the fact that these actually exist. And I won't tell you the numbers because I want you to enjoy the movie. But at the end, they give the numbers of how many kids are at these conversion camps. And like I said, again, the idea that this exists in the first place is just completely ridiculous. You know, be who you want to be as long as it's legal, as long as you're not with a minor or doing anything inappropriate I don't see any problem with anybody gay, straight 
transsexual, whatever they want to be. They're just living their life. You know, again, as long as long as it's legal and it's not with a minor, and they're living their life and a good person, I have no issues with them. While at this camp, he encounters uh, Joel Edgerton, sort of the, uh, I guess he runs it, and he often gives these, you know, speeches about how God won't love you if you're gay, and you're going to go to hell, and, you know, different people take to it, others try to blend in and not go noticed. Uh, Lucas Hedges' character is not really sure what to make of all this. He knows he has feelings for men, and he says to his father he wants to change, but does he really want to change, or is he just doing this for his father? You know, again, played by Russell Crowe, who's a pastor. Is he just trying to, you know, keep face for his father and for his mother? And the mother, uh, Nicole Kidman, early on, you could tell she's very apprehensive about this, and she's not really sure what to make of it, if it's really going to... I don't know if I want to say help, but it was really necessary because, and this is a line that's said in the trailer, she says, I love God and I love my son. For your father, it's a little bit more difficult. Uh, Lucas Hedges has been impressing people now for two years, ever since Manchester by the Sea in 2016, which was nominated for Best Picture. He was in Lady Bird, also nominated for Best Picture. He was in Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, also nominated for Best Picture. So in two short years, he has been in three and now four tremendous films in Boy Erased. And that's, I mean, he either has a great agent or people are sending him terrific scripts. And he really encompasses his character. It's based on a book. It's based on a true story. And it's a very important film for people to see. And... I like films that are important, entertaining, thought-provoking, emotional. I found myself very choked up throughout this film. And I'm someone who is not homosexual. I don't know what it's like to live that lifestyle. I don't know the challenges they face, but as Roger Ebert has pointed out, when you watch films like this, you get sort of a sample of what it's like and you can put yourself in their shoes and you can understand their struggle and to me I look at it like this even though there's nothing wrong with being gay people consider it different it's not what people consider the norm I consider it normal I don't see anything wrong with it but People don't have to come out when they're heterosexual. It's just, oh, you're heterosexual? No one talks about it. But when you're gay, it becomes outside the norm. Once again, I want to make it very clear, I don't want to offend anybody. I don't see anything wrong with being homosexual. It's normal if that's who you are. And if that's how you feel. And I'm trying to to be delicate here because I know it's it's a very important topic and I don't want to offend anybody and that's never my intention with this podcast is to offend anybody but I know how people think and I know that people think it's not the norm and it's outside the norm and the fact that people have to you know come out of the closet or announce it that does make it different different to me though is a good thing 
you know, again, I'm a heterosexual man. I don't know what it's like to go through these struggles. And that's why I like to watch a film like this, because to me, it's about more than just being gay. It's about being treated differently. And we've all, at some point in our lives, been treated differently for something. Whether it's a sports team we like, whether it's um, a certain restaurant we like, perhaps. I know these might, these don't really compare to it, but we've been ostracized maybe for our race, for our religion, for, for whatever it is, we've been treated differently because of something we believe in, because a lot of people believe that if you do not think the way they do, feel the way they do, look the way they do, there's something wrong with you, and that could not be further from the truth. And this film was a bit of a slow burn. I would say it's it's a, it's a little bit less than two hours. I think it clocked in at like an hour 50, hour 54. Probably could have been a solid 100, and they could have got the, you know, and they could have got it across. Um, a lot of the stuff at the conversion camp is a little repetitive. We sort of see how sort of ridiculous and insane and just, you know, people are going to be who they are. And, you know, once again, I know I sound like a broken record here, but as long as they aren't hurting anybody and as long as they aren't doing anything illegal, they should be free to live their lives the way they want to live it. My dad once told me an expression that, um, I don't mind if there's a man waving his arms in the middle of, of the street as long as his arms aren't hitting me. And that's how I feel about people. As long as they aren't hurting me or someone else, live your life, be happy, do what's best for you. It's not a perfect film, as I said. It's a little bit long. There are some lulls. It takes a while to get to the emotional stuff, and it, it, it takes a while to kind of take flight. So because of that, I'm going to give it a B plus. Still one of the best films of the year so far. I still have a lot of films to see. Um... And I want to talk to you about some of those films later on in the podcast, but I want to give props to Joel Edgerton as the director of this motion picture and the writer. He also wrote and directed The Gift with Jason Bateman and Rebecca Hall. So, you know, he's two for two as a director. I'd like to see, you know, and he also acted in that film as well. So I, I'd like to see more of what he can do behind the camera and in front of the camera. He's, he's a very talented filmmaker, he really sets things up nicely. Um, I just think, in this case, uh, the pacing, there are some slow periods. It can feel a little long and tedious and repetitive at certain uh, points. For as much credit as Lucas Hedges is going to get for this role, as he rightfully should, uh, Russell Crowe was kind of sort of a minor character. Um, when they did the credits... I don't know if they did with or and. I think it might have been and, and Russell Crowe. Um, he looked to be a little bit overweight in this film, and I, I'm not criticizing that from a physical appearance. I, I think he was... They showed pictures at the end of the movie of what the real pastor looked like, so I'm going to go out on a limb and say he was trying to portray as accurately as possible what the character looked like. But to me, an underrated performance in here is Nicole Kidman as the mother. She really... I saw an interview with um, the mother and Nicole Kidman together, and Nicole Kidman really gets that motherly love. And there's nothing quite like that motherly love. Unfortunately, I lost my mother 13 years ago, and I know what it's like to just have that person fighting for you 
and that understands you. And there's just something about a really good mom that makes you feel good because you know that they're going to understand you, be there for you, and love you no matter what. And that's what Nicole Kidman is in this role. As I mentioned, she's apprehensive. She's just kind of going along with what the father says. She has her doubts. She's not really sure what to make of all this, but she just wants her son to be happy. Um, so a solid B-plus for Boy Erased. It opened in uh, more theaters November 16th, five days ago. So I, I'd recommend seeking it out. I think you'll learn a lot. I think it's a film that will uh, raise discussion and conversation. It's it, It's been a great year for films about the LGBT community with films like this and Love, Simon, which I really enjoyed Love, Simon. That was a more... I believe, uh, you know, again, I'm going to quote Alonzo Duraldi um, from a formerly of What the Flick. He compared it to um, like a John Hughes sort of 80s romantic film just with homosexuals as opposed to, uh, you know, heterosexuals. And Love, Simon came out in March, and that's a film that's out on Blu-ray. I would highly recommend you check that film out. Another tearjerker, uh, Boy Erased Made Me Cry, really got to me, really made me feel something, and those are the kind of films I love the best. I love to be fully engrossed in the movie from start to finish and enjoy everything about it, and, you know, again, not perfect, but B-plus for Boy Erased. Upcoming films that I'm looking forward to, of course, Creed 2, which is, is out right now. Um, not sure when I'm going to get a chance to see that movie, but I know that I'm really looking forward to seeing Creed 2. I thought they did a tremendous job with the original Creed, which came out around the same time in November 2015 and was fantastic with Sylvester Stallone, Michael B. Jordan, of course, Tessa Thompson. They're like the triple threat in this film, and you know, Triple Threat, of course, I, I used to be a wrestling fan, so that's where that comes from, and it's a film that I'm, you know, again, really looking forward to. Uh, I think they've really turned the Rocky franchise around, and they're treating these films seriously, and I think these films are going to age very well, and I, I know a lot of people have fun with the older Rockies, especially, like, 3, 4, and 5, they kind of you know, like them, but laugh at them at the same time, especially 4 and 3 and 5. I think everyone's almost in, in universal agreement that 5 is the the worst in the series. Uh, Rocky Balboa was really good, but I'm glad they've taken uh, Sylvester, Sylvester Stallone slash Rocky Balboa outside the ring. Because to me, he's at his best when he's... Especially at this age, it would just be ridiculous to have him in the ring. The film would lose all credibility. It made sense when they released 2006's Rocky Balboa, but now there's just no point for him to be in the ring. I don't know how many films they plan on doing. Haven't seen Creed 2 yet. When I do, I'll definitely have, ha have a review up here on Wednesday. On Wednesday. On a Wednesday of it, pardon me. You know, again, I'm going to be up front with you guys. I'm new at this, you know, talking for a long time by myself. It's something that's going to take, you know, take a while. I think there'll be part, parts of the podcast that you'll like, parts you'll see that I need to improve on, and 
parts that you might hate, but I, you know, practice makes perfect, and experience, as they say, is the greatest teacher, and, you know, this is only my second time doing a solo podcast, so hang in there with me, I'm going to get better at this, and it's going to become a really good podcast. It's not out of arrogance, just confidence, and just, and just belief in, in what I'm doing, because... I love movies, and I love football, as I said, and I, I love a lot of things. And I'm going to get into topics like anxiety. I struggle with anxiety. I want to talk about that. So much I want to talk about, so much I want to get into. Currently waiting on approval from iTunes to get this podcast on iTunes. Currently only on Podbean. I'm learning all this stuff. This is all very new to me. But as I learn more, this will get on more platforms and... Hopefully I'll have some guests that, you know, I did many interviews for many years, and I think I'd be really good at interviewing people and talking to people and give me a chance to catch my breath because I'm a very fast talker, and I can already feel myself getting a little out of breath here. You know, this is the second podcast I'm filming today. I did my Friday podcast early because tomorrow is Thanksgiving. So happy early Thanksgiving to everyone. But the best part of this podcast right now is that I have, oh, thank you, my lovely feline Lambo next to me, and she's right up against me providing emotional support and cheering me on during the podcast, so I thank her for that. But anyways, back to Flicks. This is not Flicks Football and Feline. That is quite a catchy title, and I could probably do a podcast about the cat considering all the funny stuff she does. But another film that I'm greatly looking forward to is the movie Green Book, which is directed, believe it or not, by Peter Fairley of the Fairley Brothers, which I know a lot of you are probably wondering, Peter Fairley? What, he, he's directing a serious adult drama? Well, while this is a serious adult drama, a uh, it, there's, there's also a lot of comedic elements with uh, Viggo Mortensen, and Mahershala Ali. I read that uh, Viggo Mortensen gained 45 pounds for the role, and he's always been a dedicated actor. And I think the two of them, just from seeing the trailer, are going to have tremendous chemistry together. So there's there's a lot of great movies that are coming out that I can't wait to see. You just have to find the time, spread them out. To me, when it comes to going to the theater, it's it's always a struggle for me because... You cannot predict how a crowd is going to act in a movie theater. Sometimes they'll be on their best behavior, and they'll laugh at the right times, cry at the right times, be quiet during the right times. Sometimes they'll react a little bit too much, be a little bit too interactive. Personally, I prefer a completely quiet theater, unless, like I said, we're seeing a comedy where you know laughter at the right time is appropriate. But with a film like Creed Two. I'm not entirely sure what to expect from a crowd experience. I don't know if they'll be cheering a little bit too much, which, hey, nothing wrong with cheering. We all know I cheer loudly during football, but, again, I like to be engrossed and engaged in the movie with as few distractions as possible. For example, when I saw Halloween, I still can tell you whether that was a good movie or not, and I was really disappointed. I saw it on opening Thursday, and... We had one of the worst experiences you could ever ex- you could ever have with a crowd. The crowd was talking throughout the whole movie, 
saying how stupid the characters were, and it completely ruined it for me. When I saw Stars Born, you know, better crowd, but still, people are getting up every two minutes, they're going to the bathroom, they're chewing on their popcorn. I've always had a love-hate relationship with the movie theater. I love it when it's done right, but you can't always corral and control a group of 40, 50, 100 people, depending on how big the theater is and what the movie is. And because of that, it makes it very difficult to know, okay, when is the right time to go to the movie theater? When is the what is the right theater to go to? Where am I going to get the best crowd? And those are all things that I take into consideration before I decide to go to the movies because the movies aren't cheap, number one. And if I am going to go, and if we're going to go, you know, Amanda and I, I want to make sure that we're going to have a good time and it's going to be worth our money worth our time out and we're going to get the most that we can out of it and if not I don't really I'd rather wait a couple months for blu-ray especially with the quick releases I saw I believe in either early to mid-January Halloween's already coming out on blu-ray and the other night we were, Amanda and I were flipping through TV and we saw that on HBO the movie Game Night is already on HBO and we saw that in the theaters back in March. So the turnarounds make it to where sometimes you really have to weigh the pros and cons of should I see this on the big screen and is the crowd going to ruin it or should I wait for home video? And I don't like that because if there's a really good movie out I just want to go out and I want to see that movie. I don't want to have any doubts in my mind but I do have those doubts, and I hate that I have those doubts, and, and I feel as though theaters have lost control, and we all know the reasons why. Video on demand, Netflix, streaming. There's so many ways for people to see movies nowadays that a lot of times theaters do not want to lose the crowd, and they'll let them text, go on their phones, and do whatever they want. Um, as far as my passion for movies... I actually spent three years working for Blockbuster from 2009 until 2012 when finally all the stores that were within driving distance from me closed. And to me, that was the dream job working at Blockbuster. And I was very sad when the store closed and can't believe that I have not worked at Blockbuster in six years. That's just... Six and a half years, because they closed February 2012. It blows my mind. There is still one Blockbuster store around. I forgot where it's located. I remember hearing a story about it. And I miss the video stores. And I always get sad when I go to Best Buy, because I still do buy movies. I'm not into the whole digital, you know, phase where people can watch movies on Voodoo or see them early. I like to see it on the big screen, or I like to see it on Blu-ray. And I like to own the physical copy and have the cover art and own the movie forever. It's like a memento. I'm a very sentimental person. And, you know, again, I had many great memories at Blockbuster, even though I was only there three years. Um, made some friends there that some of them I still keep in touch with. Some I do not, for obvious reasons, but... I used to like to recommend movies to people, although I always felt uncomfortable recommending movies because 
the movies I like might not necessarily be the movies that that the customer would like. So when somebody would ask me what's good, first of all, my opinion, a very vague question, because what are you looking for? Are you looking for, are you looking to laugh? Are you looking for action? Are you looking for drama? Now, as I've stated in the past on this podcast, to me, a good movie is a good movie, just like good music is good music. However, there are certain genres that I enjoy more than others. My top three favorite drops, favorite genres in no particular order would have to be comedy. I love a good laugh. Who doesn't who doesn't love to laugh? Life is stressful enough and as a person who deals with anxiety and OCD to just laugh and forget about my problems is a wonderful thing. Drama. Who doesn't love to cry? I love a good cry. I like to be engrossed in a story that is really touching and really moving and teaches me about, you know, again, as Roger Ebert said, another way of life. And I love a horror movie. I like to... I don't get scared, but I like the tension. I like the intensity of it. And I really like to... I like a gruesome kill in a horror movie. I'm one of the few people out there, you know, you know still remaining, who I, I love the Saw movies. And I was thrilled when they had a Jigsaw movie. And I like to see the you know, the kills and the special effects and how the story unwinds. And I was thrilled last October that there was a jigsaw, and I hope there's going to be more jigsaws. Again, there are rumors that there will be more jigsaws, but again, what I like might not necessarily be what you like, and I never truly felt comfortable giving recommendations when I'm going to be doing this on this podcast. At least you'll know where my recommendations come from. I'm not really into the superhero genre. I like my films to be based in some form of reality. I'm not really into action movies, because with action movies, I feel as though oftentimes the action takes away from a story, and, and the story and characters are important. And if people are just shooting each other and you know blowing things up and having a car chase, I can't get into that. I can't relate to that. and I can relate to comedy. I can relate to drama. Now, you might say, hey, you're awful hypocritical. You can't relate to a horror movie, but horror, to me, we all know what it feels. When you when I watch a Saw movie or a Halloween movie, I often wonder, how would I get away from that person? How would I survive this trap? And that's where I go. And it's sort of, uh, it's, it, it, it's a nice escape. So another movie I want to talk about briefly, because I'm running out of time here, is... Uh, Welcome to Marwin, starring Steve Carell. And this looks very interesting, and, you know, looks very dramatic. Looks like the perfect sort of holiday movie that you would expect from a Tom Hanks. But uh, Steve Carell got the role. I, I don't believe Tom Hanks tried out for it, but uh, it's directed by Robert Zemeckis. And it just seems like a Tom Hanks kind of role. But Steve, Steve Carell, Leslie Mann... He ends up getting beat up, and he creates this sort of fantasy land to deal with things. And looks like it's going to be a really powerful and emotional movie that comes out on Christmas Day. So Creed Two, Green Book, Welcome to Marwin, three films I'm really looking forward to and really excited about. I know I'll be going to the movies a lot over the next uh, couple of weeks. On um, November 30th, it will be 
it was the anniversary for Amanda and I, eight years of dating, which is quite quite uh, remarkable. She's been very influential and very helpful with this podcast, and she's been there to support me and help me with my logo and and give me a, you know advice. So I want to give a special shout out to my lovely wife Amanda for being there with me through all of this and helping me figure out what my next avenue was. And I really hope it is podcasting. Um, thought it was going to be writing for the longest time, but that unfortunately has not really panned out financially. And um, even though right now I'm not making a single cent off this podcast, I'm hoping that eventually I will make some money off this podcast and it will become something that could be a source of revenue. Because in life you have to do what you love. And as I said again, I know I can be repetitive, as my wife loves to point out, I repeat myself a lot, but I want to do what I love, and I'm a passionate person, I love flicks, I love football, I want to talk about them, I want to talk about it with other people, I want to have people on here that know what they're talking about, but I know I have to have, to have an audience, and I have to have people that tune in, and I know that these first couple of podcasts are going to be a little rough, and a little tough, and I can already hear myself, and I know that I'm not sounding as natural as I'd like to sound. I know I'm sounding like someone who knows they're recording the podcast, and I want to reach the point to where this is a natural, free-flowing podcast, but experience is the best teacher, as I said again. There's my, there's my repetition again. I'm OCD, social anxiety. I am who I am. I'm very open, very honest about that, but Thank you for listening to the Flicks portion of Flicks and Football. On Friday, I'll have a preview of the Packers and Vikings game. That'll be November 23rd. Make sure you download and listen to that. Tell your friends about that. Give me a chance. Hang in there. I believe this is going to be something special. I'm Tony Farinella signing off, and have a happy Thanksgiving.